Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. As our guy Buzz would like to say, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Socks on Tap postgame show. This is Tony Marchese. Tonight, I'm joined by the infamous NWI Steve. We're talking about a White Sox winner here, but before we get into that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs, and be sure you're checking out Grandstand, Grandstand, located right by the ballpark. NWI Steve's favorite place to shop for all of his White Sox gear. They've got the best selection anywhere known to mankind. I think Steve can attest to that. But Steve, it was a White Sox winner, 9-0 over the Cincinnati Reds tonight. How you doing, my friend? Hey, yo, Tone. I'm doing very well. As we were talking before we uh, got started here, you know it's a great night when my biggest complaint is the fact that I wasn't a smartass and didn't take Dylan C's as my pick to click like I was originally planning to. Oh, boy. And we talked about that in the Socks on Tap group chat, Steve. You know, you know I'm a big uh, pitchers who rake guy. I'm not going to say pitchers who rake, though. I just love the pitcher hitting. It was a great day for baseball. It was a great day to watch Dylan Cease uh, rack up, uh, what was that, three hits tonight? I think there's some people who might be mad online, Steve, that the pitcher was coming through in the nine hole tonight. Some people mad online about that. There, there will definitely be people mad online about it, but at the same time, you know, those people that um, maybe are, you know, mad online about that, they'll have their redemption tomorrow when Dallas Keiko goes over three with three Ks. I'm sure they will. Sockside Mike 90, happy victory Tuesday. We are drinking victory beers, Mike, and we've also got Jason here. Tone is in the house. Tone is in the house, but more importantly, NWI Steve is in the house. Uh, I just love doing these post games with you, Steve, because when we get to talk about White Sox winners, everything is is happy. We're in, a, we're in a happy state. And you and Buzz did a show yesterday. I didn't get a chance to talk about this, uh, but you guys did a more, I guess, somber show, so to speak, Steve. Didn't You guys had a little bit of a that – that was a rough one to get through for you guys. It, it really was. Um, you could just kind of tell by the tone in our voices. I mean, it, it was almost like – you know, we were, we were in a morgue, um, I guess, I guess in a sense, because it just, the, the, the recency of the Luis Robert news obviously was still kind of stinging with us a little bit. And so it was kind of hard to conceptualize things and just a, a variety of different emotions. I mean, you have obviously the anger and, and the frustration with losing another key pivotal piece uh, to this lineup and trying to figure out, okay, how do you, how do you go forward from here and how do you hold this thing together? So there was a lot of discussion about that, but you know, today's obviously a much more jovial discussion. And, and before we kind of circle back to that, 
I, I gotta say, Jason, I don't get I don't get a shout out here. You know, I see you on uh, a couple days ago in the ballpark, I, and and you just totally blow me off like I'm chopped liver. What is that about? I don't know what that's about. I, I might be it might be something along the lines of uh, he he can't find you on uh, on a specific website. I believe it's starts with a T. Yeah, Twitter.com, Steve. I think that's where that's where he uh, yeah. There you go. See seen Steve Saturday or Sunday Sunday right there. He's commenting. He's still watching. Uh, Jason's Jason's awesome. We love Jason here on the show. Uh, yeah, you got out to the ballpark uh, Sunday, uh, Steve, and there was there was the Iowa crew was there. Iowa Zach, uh, yeah, Tap Sportsnet contributor, um, as well as Jason. I saw you guys on Twitter. Uh, you guys, I got to all meet up, have some beers. That's a, that's a good thing. Back yeah, to the ballpark, doing that 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 type of stuff. Yeah, it was nice to finally be able to meet Zach in person here, put a face to the name, and uh, you know share a beer with him. So that was that was good times, and definitely look forward to doing more of that with him and uh, the rest of the crew here in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, it's good shit. It's cool and tough shit, Steve. Um, we're we're talking about a winner though tonight, and I want to get into this. Um, man, Dylan Cease uh, over his last few starts, Steve, he's really started to show up uh, coming in, into this. Uh, one and zero on the year. He get he does get the win tonight. Uh, but just an impressive showing from him tonight. Carried uh the Reds hitless. What was that through four uh, or five innings there? Um, everything was working. The cease hammer, as Johnny likes to say, was uh extra present tonight. Uh, give me some thoughts on Dylan Seats. General impressions were that. It was in a lot in a lot of ways a continuation of the start that I was in attendance for last Thursday against the Detroit Tigers, where he really had everything going. Leaving the ballpark that night, you kind of look at yourself and you think, okay, well, it's Detroit. You know, you get a bunch of jabronis in this lineup here, no big deal. We'll see what he does against a real lineup his next start out here. And he he was really varying up his sequencing, and he didn't really have one set approach as far as how he was going after the hitters first inning was very slider heavy and, and really broke off a, a nasty one to Nick Castellanos to get, uh, to get a strikeout with him. Um, same thing with, with Joey Votto. Then the second inning really was featuring the changeup. So, so kind of varying up what pitches he was utilizing to put guys away. Then throughout the remainder of the game was utilizing the fastball in a number of two strike counts to put guys away and get, he got a lot of looking strikes here tonight. So um, really was impressed with the fact that he was utilizing his entire pitch arsenal here was really locating pretty well for the most part here had one little sequence there in the third inning where his control and command kind of got a little bit away from him. Um, but he was able to regroup very nicely from that. But just overall, I mean, this was, this was just another quality outing out of Dylan C's here. So two in a row and this time doing it against a team that has been uh, statistically one of the top offensive teams in the major league. So, you know, you definitely look for that to certainly carry over here and his next start's going to be a big one. It's going to be a good against them sons of bitches from Minnesota. So, uh, Dylan, hey, let's carry this shit over, man, and let's go out there and let's bury them assholes next time you take them out on Wednesday. We know you love Minnesota, Steve, so I'm sure you are are just ecstatic for Dylan Cease to continue this uh, against the Twinkies. Um, I, I'm just I'm happy with this, man. Uh, I'm going to be honest. One of the things that I've said consistently is that I'm waiting for Dylan Cease to be able to start getting through that that first time through the order, um, and we've seen that now two starts in a row. That's that's your start to building consistency here. Um, you know, not getting touched up early just helps you go deeper in ball games, Steve. That's that's 
science right there. Um, that that's what you saw tonight. And it allowed him to mix things up a little bit. Like you said, use that full arsenal. Uh, and that just makes him all the more dangerous. I think he was actually having a lot of fun tonight. Uh, you saw a little bit of a more relaxed Dylan Cease. Um, I'm not going to go out there and say that he, you know, would be better off playing in the NL, but he just definitely seemed to have a little bit of, uh, I don't know, more fun, uh, tonight when he was actually hitting while he was pitching looked like he was a little bit more involved in the game uh, just had a, a more calm sense about him maybe that first hit really loosened him up and that just put him in a good state of mind to continue mowing him down I think it could be a scenario of you know being able to be in a position to hit something he's never had the chance to do professionally not at any point through the minor leagues here or in his brief time uh since he got called up with the Sox um famously on July 3rd of 2019 which fun factoid I don't know if people watching know this on that day a certain NWI Steve once ate 22 dollar hot dogs the same day Dylan Cease made his major league debut. So keep that in mind there. Uh, but I digress. Are you calling Are you calling somebody out here, though, Steve? This is an important question as we go down 2021, socks on tap. We've, we've, we've had uh, a certain Summer of George face-off last year against Cubs on tap host Ron Luce um, at a Chicago Dogs game. Nine innings, nine innings. But uh, Ron Luce defeated Summer of George. I believe the final score was something around 13 hot dogs to 11. Ron Luce was the champion. If we're talking later this year, a certain hot dog eating competition between you and maybe Ron Luce, um, would you be able to take that home, Steve? I think that's an important question for everybody because we can't have this answered on Twitter.com. So this is Socks on Tap exclusive. Are, Are you up for the challenge? Listen, I, I will openly admit I am not necessarily in the best of hot dog eating shape here at the moment. However, with that being said, I believe in myself. Um, I, I believe in myself so much that I put myself through the misery of eating $129 dogs um, during the 2019 season to win a prop bet in which I received no money from. Um, so I'm willing to bet on myself once again here. So if that opportunity does come on, Ron, I'm coming for that ass. I love it, Steve. We need to bring the Crosstown On Tap Cup Hot Dog Eating Championship Cup back to the South Side, Steve. I think uh, you're our best bet from this show to take on Ron Luce. So uh, that's that's Cubs On Tap host Ron Luce. Uh, it, he was the champion last year. I think we, we might need to send Steve for him this year. I think he can do it. Steve, that's that's excellent stuff. Um, let's roll in a little bit to the White Sox offense. Uh, Jose Abreu, Steve, one of the guys that you and Buzz were talking about needs to pick it up right now uh, to cover for the loss of Luis Robert in this offense is Jose Abreu. He's, he's the MVP. Uh, he does MVP shit. And tonight, Jose Abreu did some MVP shit. So let's talk a little bit about Jose Abreu. Spot on, Tony. Listen, Buzz and I were very candid in our comments last night with the fact that 
Jose Abreu, being one of the veteran leaders of this team, needs to be one of the guys he needs to step up here, and he needs to pick up the slack for the loss in production that we're going to see from Luis Robert. Obviously, we talked as well about Yasmani Grandal needing to pick it up, and, and a couple of other guys, Adam Eaton, he had another rough day today here. But really, MV Pito, he's the guy in the middle of this lineup. He's the guy that is expected to be the force, and he's got to start driving the baseball did that tonight here. Um, even, you know, when he made his out, you know, on, on a sacrifice fly here, he hit the absolute living piss out of that baseball, had another RBI single off of uh, Carson Fulmer later on in the game here. So, uh, you know, shout out to Jordan Lazowski. Let's pour one out for him there. Um, but <laughs> I love know. Jordan Lazowski mentions on this. We, show. We, 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 we all do. We all, we all love Jordan. We're all Jordan Lazowski guys here. Um, but to see Abreu, you know, kind of answer that bell here, the, this first game out, that's that's hopefully a, a sign of things to come, of him getting back on track here and being the productive force in the middle part of this or that this team absolutely needs him to be going forward. I couldn't agree more, Steve. And I think one thing that uh, White Sox fans just in general want is to see Jose Abreu to hit at the rate that he was in 2020. Um, and I, like there's, there's been very bad Aprils for Jose Abreu. We, we that's cannot not deny true, it. Tony. That's not but true. I said there's been very bad ones. I didn't say all of them were bad. That's, I said there have been. That's not, Tony, Tony, there was one bad April. You're breaking up a little one. there, Steve. He's you, you need to you need to you need to repeat he, yourself. You broke up a little bit just for everybody. He's he's had one bad April. So if you go back and if you actually look at the data over the course of, of his time. Um yeah. Twenty nineteen. I mean, the the strikeout yeah. rate was was atrocious in twenty nineteen. It was in twenty twenty one as well. But yeah, I, I think I think for, for White Sox fans, though, they want to see him hit at a very high clip. They want to see Jose Abreu put bat on ball every single time he comes up to the plate. This year so far, he's still had a fairly productive April, although somewhat reminiscent of 2019. But I think if he can take it up a notch in May and take that up another notch in June, you're going to get closer to what you saw in 2020, Jose Abreu. Um, and that that type of trajectory, Steve, will start to cover up uh, things like Luis Roberts' absence if we can if we can get that. He he doesn't even need to be twenty twenty Jose Abreu because I think asking him to repeat what he did in the abbreviated sixty game season is probably a little bit unreasonable here. But just go back to go back to your career norms. Be the guy that you've been throughout the entirety of your career. Be be the guy that's you know going to be a one you know one twenty five one thirty weighted runs created plus. Be that guy. You know, um, you don't have to be a, a 165, 170 WRC plus guy. Um, if you if you do, that's that's absolutely great. And, and the Sox will be in much better position here. But just be who you've been throughout the entirety of, of your career. And this team will be in much better position to withstand some of the offensive production that they've lost from 
Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert going down here. Obviously, you're not going to make up for all of that because it's, uh, you know, it was talked about on 670 the score this morning here in the five minutes I actually listened. I mean, the Sox are losing potentially, you know, 70 to 75 home runs between those two guys right there. So they've got to find a way to pick up that production here. And Jose Abreu has an opportunity to be one of those guys to pick up some of that. Those are just incredible numbers, Steve, when you think about it. 70, 70 home runs over the course of a season. That, that can tank a team. What's really interesting about the White Sox, and as much as we complain about the lack of depth, because I, I don't think that any of us are, are happy with where we are right now, but the fact of the matter is still, Steve, and I think you believe this too, is that the White Sox still have a chance to win this division with the current roster. They still have a chance. It's not as easy. It's not going to be a walk in the park by any means but they still have a chance to win the division minus Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. They, they do. It just greatly reduces their margin for error. They really need to tighten things up, especially on the defensive side of the equation here. Uh, just the run prevention overall, you know, we're really starting to see the starting pitching kind of round into form. And it was, it was interesting to hear Jason Benetti and Len Casper sitting in the booth here uh, in place of Steven Stone tonight. Uh, Talking about the fact that, actually, if you look at it, it's the top two guys in the Sox rotation, Lucas Giolito and, and Diamond Dallas Keuchel, that have actually been the two most inconsistent starters here uh, to this point for, for this team. So you would expect that to stabilize here. And if you get those two guys on track, uh, given what we've seen from Carlos Rodon here in the first month, um, this starting rotation has a chance to be as good or even better than I thought they would originally be coming into the season. And I was someone that I was very high on what I thought this team was going to do from a run prevention standpoint. So you get some of those things happening. And if the bullpen straightens itself out, they'll be okay. I think they will too, Steve. Um, You're you're right. The margin for error is definitely um, a lot slimmer uh, than what they were working with before. Uh, but I think that they can actually still do this. There's there's no reason why they can't. Um, it should be uh, it should be a little bit closer than I would have liked it to be. Obviously, I would have liked the White Sox this year to come out and just absolutely run a train on this division. I, I think that that's where you were at too, Steve, coming into the year. Um, but I think they still have the possibility to do so. They've also been helped out greatly by a terrible start from Minnesota, which you love to see. You just, oh man, you know, you know, just you talk about things that really warm my heart, like the fact that they blew a, a two-run lead here in in the ninth inning tonight. You know, the only thing that would have made it better had it been an inside job incident. Um, people but, know, pe- people, people. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. I saw a take tonight, though. If he gets DFA'd, that they should re-sign him right away. I don't know. Can they maybe send him to Cleveland? That would be another interesting story. Can you send him to Cleveland? Will Will Kansas City play into that as well? That's another one you can send him to. I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna dignify that one because I just I'm not taking the Royals seriously yet. I, I I've been saying this for a while. I think they're good enough to be an annoying 77-78 win team and a pain in the ass to play, but ultimately they don't have enough bullets in the gun to be a serious threat. 
I I was going to ask you at what point in time do we take the Royals seriously, but I feel like that's that could be another rabbit hole uh, we could go down here. But for sake of timing, this program has been shortened. Uh, the White Sox were able to score in the second, third, fourth, fifth innings, uh, three runs in the second, uh, one in the third, three in the fourth, one in the fifth. I'm going to kind of just gloss over uh, the offensive output here, but the the White Sox offense, Steve, as a whole, uh, the ability to, to just continue moving the lineup that we've seen uh, multiple times now, uh, I just feel like that's the standard of White Sox offense. So when we see these stinkers uh, with one run, two run games uh, from a White Sox offense output standpoint, it just becomes disappointing. Tonight was just a banner night for how this White Sox offense should work. Um, again, you add in a Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez to that, and wow, this thing just gets super sexy. But this it still has the same parts, Steve. Talk about the offense as a whole just here real quick. I don't want to get into play-by-play for sake of timing, uh, but just the White Sox offense. Uh, which, what were your thoughts tonight? Like you said, I mean, it, it was really a complete effort. I think uh, Yasmani Grandal might have been the only hitter in the in the lineup today to not record a hit. Um, or and not Andrew Vaughn did. So so Vaughn, Vaughn and Yaz were the only two to not record a hit here tonight. So you see really nice balance. Uh, Larry Garcia, who's obviously been someone that has been a hot button issue. Uh, for a lot of the fan base here, he he contributed nicely here tonight offensively. There's one key at bat that I do want to talk about here, and that's in that three-run second inning, and that was the two-run single by Tim Anderson. So, you know, you see, you know, Yaz, Leary, and, and Dylan Cease put together some, some nice at-bats right there to load the bases, and Timmy comes up in a spot here. You got two outs. You got a one nothing lead. You got the bases loaded. This is a spot where far too often this season, we've seen this team not tack on and not really put themselves in a position to kind of create some distance between them and the opposition. Tim, again, just another quality professional at bat, a point that I've just been driving home lately about the baseball acumen and him understanding situations, understanding that he had a, a pitcher out there that was working him away. So he's looking fastball away, drives that thing in into right field to drive in two runs. That was a key, key pivotal sequence in this game right here and really kind of opened the door. Steve, I, I love that analysis breakdown on Tim Anderson right there. He he is he is another guy, Steve, that I think when you talk about um, a guy that can pick up some of the missed production. Um, Tim Anderson, for some reason, at least to me, is a quiet name in that because he does have the power. He does have the ability uh, to be a contact hitter as well um, in that sense where if you get him hot for a little while, he's got the ability to carry a team for a week, a week or two, just on his back alone. Um, and I think that you know, you're going to see a stretch of White Sox baseball this year that is completely driven by Tim Anderson offense. Um, and I think that, you know, just just little examples like tonight uh, bode well for the long term of the White Sox offense because every, t- every time that lineup turned over, um, Tim Anderson just seemed to be timely uh, with his hits. And you talk about hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, that shit's cool and tough, Steve. Uh, we love that here. And Tim Anderson just continues to deliver over and over again in situations like that. And when he's hitting, 
this whole entire offense moves. Timmy is the straw that serves this drink. There is no more debate about this anymore. Um, when when he gets on base, when he scores runs, this team wins. I mean, it's just it's a very simple formula at this point. It absolutely is. And before we get into tomorrow, Steve, the White Sox did make uh, one acquisition today. Uh, they did sign outfielder Brian Goodwin. Um, he did have a, uh, a a decent showing. Uh, what was that? Two years ago with the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, as they were known at the time. Uh, of but, Orange uh, County any, of California. Yes, of, of the Orange Pacific County time zone. somewhere. somewhere. Um, you know, any thoughts on that signing, Steve, before we get into tomorrow's ballgame? I don't have a lot of thoughts on it. I mean, look, they I, I think as Buzz and I talked about last night, they're going to really roll with Larry and Billy Hamilton uh, getting the majority of the playing time in center field. Maybe Luis Gonzalez getting a spot start here and there. Um you know, Goodwin, I think, you know, he's probably going to be ticketed for AAA Charlotte to kind of start things off. And I guess he's probably just going to be stashed there up until if, if there's another injury, if, you know, if worst case scenario and something happens to Larry or something happens to, to Billy Hamilton, that's a guy that has played the position in the major leagues. I don't know that he can really cover center field uh, particularly well anymore, um, but he, he's an option. He's a body. Tinfoil hat theory. Uh, we did just see some news too about Adam Engel. Um, is he the guy that's going to come up here for the White Sox and get maybe a weak tryout because Adam Engel is just that not ready? Um, and yesterday's news dropped behind the Luis Robert. Uh, that Adam Engel had suffered a setback. Do the White Sox not believe that Adam Engel is going to get back here um, in a decent time frame enough to help this team? And he is a guy that can, you know, maybe take a, a week at Charlotte, come up here and get a little tryout. That's that's my thoughts behind it. Um, I mean, maybe he comes up and takes Luis Gonzalez's roster spot. As far as him seeing any kind of playing time with regularity, I just personally don't see it happening. I think that Tony is pretty intent on rolling with Larry out there to see the majority of the innings in center field. And like I said, when he wants to give him a blow or give him a start at second base, um, he, he's going to put Billy Hamilton out there, and the Sox are just going to have to live with the fact that um, they're going to – you know, probably not get anything offensively out of the position when Billy Hamilton is out there, unless he can somehow work a walk and then maybe steal two bases. But I, I, I personally will be very shocked if Brian Goodwin um, makes his way to Chicago barring an injury. Fair take Steve there. And let's get into tomorrow. The White Sox have a day game against the Reds. Uh, that is scheduled for 1235 Eastern time um, at Great American Ballpark. It's going to be Dallas Keuchel. There's against... really nothing great about it if you've ever been there. Oh, man. See, and I was looking at some of the pictures, Steve. I've never been there, and, and maybe I'll take a little hiatus back here, but I was looking at the pictures, Steve, that I saw some fans post. It looks like you've got a decent uh, sight line if you're sitting uh, behind home plate somewhat uh, over that river. 
Um, it looked it looked like a decent stadium. What what do you have against it? Because I I need to hear this. I just think it's really bland. Um, I there there wasn't really anything that distinguished it from the other ballparks that that I've been out to. Um, maybe it's one defining quality would be the they've got a pretty large extensive team hall of fame uh there and obviously it's as stone or, or excuse me as uh len and jason talked about here i mean the reds were the original professional baseball franchise so um Correct. yeah they're, they're really kind of digging into that history right there that's that's really the defining aspect of, of that ballpark hands down the worst ballpark hot dog i've ever had in my life was eating really? that ballpark in 2009 the very same night that gordon beckham hit his first major league home run mind you um so it, it just it, it's just not um how many so here i've got a question for you how many great american ballpark hot dogs would you be willing to ingest over a nine inning game if you had to god um I I don't know that I would I would go more than a handful to be honest with you. I mean it it was that bad. I mean it's it's worse. It was worse than a Dodger dog. Now we've got to ask how many Great American Ballpark hot dogs can fit in NWI Steve's hands. That's that's the question we're all left asking. Well, you know that's something that uh, we'll have to say for Twitter after dark. There you go. All right, Steve. So the White Sox taken on the. Cincinnati Reds tomorrow afternoon. Dallas Keuchel one and one uh, with a four point six five ERA. Uh, been underwhelming thus far. I think we can all agree against Sonny Gray, who's also been somewhat underwhelming uh, for the Reds. He's zero and two with a five point nine three ERA uh, going into tomorrow. Uh, what are we looking for in this pitching matchup, Steve? Well, these are two guys that really pride themselves and work the bottom part of the strike zone and are focused on getting ground balls and utilizing their infielders and utilizing their defense in particular. Um, we've seen from Diamond Dallas here in a number of his outings to start the season, having one or two innings where his control and command just simply get away from him and he puts himself into some tough spots and has had, unfortunately, some crooked numbers go up on the board as a result of it. So he's really got to stay ahead in counts. He's got to pound the bottom part of the strike zone here. Um, hopefully, Yoan and Timmy get themselves a, a good night's rest. There's not much to do in the Nasty Natty. And trust me when I tell you, that place is nasty okay nightlife uh, so, nightlife expert nws so, steve so hopefully they just you know go get a good get a good night's sleep ready for some ground balls tomorrow and uh like i said just got to pound the strike zone and i think this game ultimately is going to come down to which starting pitcher makes a mistake or two up in the strike zone and will the opposing offense be able to take advantage and drive the ball out of that little band box so if you're Yohan Moncada and you're down in Cincinnati tonight, do you make the trip up to Northwest Indiana for better nightlife? I, I think, think is the question he, we're asking. I think he, you know, I, I wonder if he might just cross the bridge into Kentucky, which, you know, the, the time I went to see that ballpark there, me and a buddy of mine, we actually crossed the bridge into Kentucky. And we drove back to IU Bloomington. So we, we may have partaken in, in some uh, adult beverages in three different states in one night. <laughs> That's a cool and tough night there, Steve. Uh, again, I feel like you'd have to tune into ONTAP After Dark to get the full story. Uh, but uh, 
you know, I hope that uh, this is not published in time for Yohan Moncada to get any ideas tomorrow. We need him going yard. Um, do you have a pick to click for tomorrow night's or t- tomorrow afternoon's ball game, Steve? Yeah. So from from that aspect on on the pick to click against Sunny Gray, I am going to go ahead and I am going to take. I'm going to go bold here, and I'm going to take Zach Collins if he's in the lineup. I think there's going to be a good chance we see Zach Collins in the lineup tomorrow, Steve. I I actually do. I I think we'll see Zach Collins in the lineup. Um, But I am going to go with Jose Abreu. I I think he's going to leave the yard again tomorrow. I think that the guy that you and Buzz talked about needing to pick it up is going to set the tone. And uh, Jose Abreu is going to be the catalyst of the offense again tomorrow. And put the socks on the board early. I just feel like it's Jose Abreu time, and he's going to get hot here, and the White Sox will win again tomorrow. That, that's my prediction. That's my pick to click. Let's go, baby. Steve, that's all I've got. Do you have any closing thoughts before we get on out of here? This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed tonight. It was nice to have a stress-free evening. I'd like to see some more of these. I would too, man. I, I, I feel like these wins are so much easier to talk about than the losses. Um, there's a lot to hammer home after every White Sox loss. Uh, the White Sox put on a hellacious effort tonight, like Tony LaRusso said that they would. And it's always good to see a White Sox winner. Steve, thank you for coming on the show again and uh, talking about a White Sox winner with me. Uh, thank you, everybody that tuned in. Um, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Be sure next time you get out to the ballpark, you check out Grandstand for the best selection of White Sox gear known to mankind. You might even run into NWI Steve there. Uh, Steve, I'm going to close this down with the only words that I know, White Sox forever. White Sox for life.